And joining us now on the 702 Communications line is the co-owner of Vinyl Taco, Lance. Lance, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us, sir. Um, let's just start with the basics here. Sounds like from your statement, you got blindsided uh, from this story in the form. Your initial reaction to it was what? Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, when the forum called us, that was the first that we had even heard about uh, what was going on. And, uh, you know, that looking into it a little bit further, that was the plan of, of these employees from the get go was to keep us completely out of it and go straight to the media. I'm going to get to some of those more private messages in a moment, Lance, but just just to sort of prosecute this, if you will, let's go through some items here. Um, first off, you had this safety meeting. How many people showed up at your safety meeting before you uh, reopened Vinyl Taco? And did you put out specific guidelines for the safety of your employees at this meeting? Yeah, so we, we held a safety meeting on Thursday, April 30th, the day before we reopened. And uh, five employees showed up to that meeting. And we there we laid out all of the guidelines from the state and the parameters that we're going to put into place um, in order to have safe working environment and a safe establishment for our guests to dine in. What I'm curious about, Lance, is you, I mean, it sounds like in the story they said 20 people walked out. We'll get to that in a moment, but only five people showed up at a safety meeting. Were you surprised with that, concerned? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this entire time, um, nothing has been said by any employee about feeling unsafe and, and nothing was brought to us. And, and uh, um, so the morning of three, I think it was three or four employees walked out. And then additionally, there was, has been uh, several others that haven't shown up to their shifts. Uh, all right, I want to go through some of the things that were in this form piece and then give you a chance to respond, sir. So Michael Strike put in this form piece, uh, in the service industry, we are not offered, and I'm quoting here, any health insurance. True or false? Uh, that is false. We offer health insurance to all of our uh, full-time employees that meet the, the minimum hour requirement threshold. Uh, and again, just some other items here that we can, you know, communicate about. Also in the form piece, I think we have a graphic for this one, guys, but he goes on to say, uh, upper management told staff that 80% of North Dakota has already had the coronavirus and those people have antibodies to help stop the spread any further. Did you or anyone in your management, oh, I can see your face, but just to hear you say it, tell these people that 80% of North Dakotans have it and have antibodies? No, not at all. Okay. Um, the other thing the forum piece says, one of the biggest reasons the staff walked out in protest Saturday is because they said they were also told by management that the state will cover all hospital costs related to COVID-19. Did you or anyone in management tell them that all hospital costs would be covered for COVID-19? No, I believe what they're referring to is that the state would cover testing costs, uh, but I did not uh, say anything along those lines. Okay, some of the other uh, requirements or quote unquote demands, if we're gonna use uh, Michael Scotch's language there, are the fact that they also wanted to make sure that people were having their temperatures taken as they were coming into uh, the restaurant. Did you have that set up? Uh, we, we did order non-contact thermometers, which we received last week. Our initial shipment uh, did get held up and it was damaged. Um, so they had sent new ones. But yeah, we have that in place. We also started um, doing a daily assessment and log of employee symptoms uh, when they report to work. And so all these items were in place and it really didn't come down to feeling unsafe. It really comes down to them um, either wanting to get more unemployment or demanding more money. All right, so all right. let me share with our audience this and Zach, hopefully you've got these two back-to-back -back graphics. And again, 
Lance, I'm going to give you a chance to comment on this, but I want to share with you what was said uh, in the form piece, which was again published on May 9th. And then I want to share with you what actually Michael Strike or Scotch wrote in his own HPR piece for our audience. And then we'll have a chance to visit about it. So in the form piece, he writes, Strike also said many feel pressured into staying because management told them they will be reported to the state if they decide not to work because of coronavirus worries and they'll lose the extra $600 benefits. That's the form piece, audience. In Michael Strike's own piece from May 9th, the exact same day in HPR, he wrote this. We can bring this up for audience, please. But, we can, but we've been told we can work. We have, hey, Lance, we're getting some feedback on you. We've, we have the option to work. And at the end of discussions with our district manager, he told to stay home that if we were scared to put ourselves or others in dangers of working, that would have been our choice. Lance, to me, those sound like two completely different comments from essentially the same person. What say you? I'm sorry, I can't hear you right now. Uh, how about now? Can you hear me now, Lance? There you go. Yep. <laughs> so, I don't did you hear those statements there from Michael Strike? I heard chance? the statements, but I didn't hear your question. My question to you is those, to me, seem like two completely different statements from essentially the same person. Which one's true? I mean, are you, were you going to report these guys to unemployment if they didn't show up? or? If we ask employees to come back to work, the state requires us to notify them that um, if they're able to come back to work and there's hours available, um, they follow up on unemployment claims. And so it is our duty, it is our lawful duty um, to let un the unemployment agency know that uh, these people have offered been offered their jobs back. And it's up to the state to do it from there. What they want to do with them, um, that's, not, that's not our decision. Okay, well then to, to speak to that, in Michael Strike's High Plains Reader piece, he says that your district manager gave them the choice if they wanted to come back to work or not. Yeah, everybody has a choice whether or not they want to work. Um, there, there's no pushing anybody into work. If, if people feel uncomfortable about coming to work um, for whatever reason, we're certainly willing and able to talk to them, but people don't have to come to back to work. Um, the state side for unemployment is a different thing. Um, that's not us doing anything. That's what the state requires. All right, let's speak to our audience out there. And obviously you've got a lot of people that patron your business. So what, what are you currently doing to ensure the health and safety of your workers and the people that come to your business? Yeah, so we, you know, we, we follow the state guidelines as far as seating requirements, and we actually have uh, less than 50% of our seats in place. We removed all of the bar stools uh, from around the bar in order to maintain six-foot spacing. Um, we've removed tables and other chairs as well um, to promote, you know, and uh, promote social distancing. Uh, we have hand sanitizer available for employees and guests. Uh, you know, we always wipe down and sanitize tables and chairs after every use. We switch to paper menus uh, so that they can be thrown. We sanitize our pens. Um, we provided uh, face masks um, for all of our employees, although they're not required by the state to wear. And we encourage them to wear them as well. All right, so let's comment on the face masks because that was part of the article as well. I'm not going to use the language that they use, but they said they were insufficient, let's put it nicely, insufficient face masks, your response is what? Yeah, I mean, getting face masks in this day and age is very difficult. We, we were able to source uh, several hundred face masks and, you know, they, they're effective for what they're, you know, meant to do. Um, 
you know, we can't get our hands and we're rightfully so not going to get our hands on N95 masks. Those are all for hospital workers and essential workers. All right. I want to go to a couple more things here, Lance. Um, part of your statement as well that you sent to us is you said, hey, the forms are neighbor. They're right across the street from us. Why didn't they just come over and, you know, look at what we have going on here to, to look at our safety measures? You said, why didn't their editor hold this article from being published before talking to one of us? Our family's been involved with operating businesses in downtown Fargo for 40 years. It says here you left a message for Bill Marcial Jr. At that point, he had not returned your call. So have you spoken to Bill Marcial Jr. or the editor at the forum? And if so, what went on in the conversation? No, we have not received a call back from Mr. Marcille, and we also left a message for Matthew Von Pinion, the editor of the form, and have not received a call back from him either. That shocks me. I mean, you're a neighbor, 40 years. What's your response to that? Oh, it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing that somebody from the form newspaper doesn't reach back out to us and, uh, yeah, at least sit down and talk. And that's all we're asking to do is, is to talk about the situation that their reporter colluded with uh, these employees on Thursday, as early as Thursday, um, in order to write this article. Uh, he, he got together with them and um, came out and took pictures, and they knew what was going on. So for him to not contact us prior to, they everybody at the, at the forum and WDAY has our phone numbers. They call us for every story about the restaurant or bar industry. But somehow now they don't call us. They leave a message at our office on a Saturday morning before it all happens to notify us and get our comment. It's absolutely ridiculous and extremely frustrating that there's no fairness in uh, in the forum's media relations. So you used a big word right there, Lance, that I want to find out. Do you have proof of this? You suggested that their former reporter colluded with these workers. Do you have proof of that? I actually have copies of the text messages between uh, uh, Michael uh, Scotch and Chris Hagen, yes. And that was on Thursday. Those text messages are from Thursday. Can you share with us what some of them say? Yeah, they, he, he just talks about uh, Scott had reached, um, or sorry, Michael Scotch had reached out to Chris Hagen about doing a story and, um, you know, told him a few of the points. And Chris Hagen said, yeah, I'll be there, count, you know, basically count me in on it. So he, wow. All right, so I want to share with you, um, as I mentioned before, you were on the Jay Thomas radio show earlier today. You mentioned some of these messages. You sent me some. I want to share for our audience a couple more and then just get a quick response because we're running out of time here. But, Zach, if we have these, thank you very much, sir. This is, again, Chrissy Grasso. All right, I'm going to say this because I feel like this may be an issue. If we decide to tell management or write in the, write in the group whether or not we're, we got, we've gone to the form, management will have time to form a rebuttal, find a way to er us over that includes training a whole new staff if need be. If we give away the element of surprise, we lose all our cards. So I'm suggesting we go to the forum and wait for it to be published so that vinyl management is caught by surprise. Then we control the narrative and we can make our demands. Michael Scotch then says this. Next graphic, please. Anyone afraid about what may happen if we do get fired and willing to meet up Sunday and discuss things? I think there's a way of pushing through unemployment of our case. If we cite fears of returning to unsafe work conditions during the pandemic, it won't be easy, but I think there are ways. And those not in the know, if we garner enough media attention, we can easily set up a GoFundMe to help anyone with financial issues during this time. Your reaction to that, Lance, and if these people want their jobs back, are you going to take them back? Well, they've already walked out and haven't shown up for their shifts and told us they're not coming in. So, uh, yeah, there's no, they're already uh, no longer employees of Vinyl Taco. Lance, thanks for the time, uh, the insight, and thanks for all the great work you do in our community. And we, 
We love our food. I got to stop by jail here soon. So thank you very much, sir. sir. I appreciate it. I thank you for bleeping that out. So I have my girls at home watching. So, <laughs> well, they tell. I hope they say, Dad, you did a great job. So thank you very much. Yeah. And again, we we are asking uh, Michael and Christy to come join us here on the show. Hopefully that will happen. We got to leave it here because of time. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.